Blog Talk Radio. The Franciscan Friars of the Atonement present the Ave Maria Hour. Hello, this is Father Bob Warren of the Franciscan Friars of the Atonement. Thank you for listening to this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour radio show. The Friars' popular Ave Maria Hour was first brought to the radio airwaves in 1939, recorded in New York City and on the mountainside grounds at Graymore, a home in Garrison, New York. These timeless classic stories of the Bible and the lives of the saints came to life each week through dramatic reenactment by professional actors and actresses. You know, friends, Christ once said, Do not hide your treasure under a bushel. In saying this, he meant share your gifts, share your talents. The Friars of the Atonement feel the message in these broadcasts remains as powerful and timely as when they were originally aired, and we are so happy to be able to share them with you today. To learn more about the missions and ministries of the Friars of the Atonement, I invite you to visit our website, www.atonementfriars.org. In the meantime, sit back and enjoy this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour. St. Hugh of Lincoln. late spring in 1178. But Father Hugh, descendant of the ruling house of Burgundy, does not see the flowers around La Grande Chartreuse. His eyes are raised, as they always are, toward the snow-capped limestone mountains. Behind him, Dom Basile, abbot of the monastery, watches the young priest. You will miss them, Father Hugh. Father Abbot, you're sending me away? Well, it seems your fame as a procurator has traveled far from Grenoble. King Henry II of England has asked for you. He wants a competent man, a priest of energy and tact, to help him establish a Carthusian monastery in England. Father Abbot, this is incredible. Henry's parsimony is well known. He'll never spend that much money. Uh, he founded the Priory of Witham. As penance for the murder of Thomas a Becket. But if Henry's offer was empty, why did he make it? I don't know. But since it was made and you have assigned its completion to me, the first charter house in England will be completed. I tell you, I haven't had time to study those plans yet. Forgive me, sire, but those are the exact words you've used each Monday these past five weeks. Father Hugh... These things take time. The building of our charter house will also take time, Your Majesty. Yeah, but you can't start building until the plans are approved. They have been approved by our superior general at La Grande Chartreuse, of which this is to be an exact replica. Yes, yes, I know. But there's still the matter of adequate land. You know the trouble we had trying to get land, Father? That trouble, if Your Majesty will permit, is of your own making. The people will sell. 
for a reasonable price. The council has offered better than a reasonable price. No, sire, that is inaccurate. These people are poor, simple, ignorant. They look to me to protect their interests. I know what that land is worth. And it is I who set the price they are demanding. You! You dare set my people against their king? No, certainly not. But I can't stand by and see them victimized. Treason! That's what it is. Treason! The king, above all others, should profit by experience. What? What do you mean by that? Seven short years ago, Henry voiced a wish to be rid of a man. And his nobles took it as a command to do murder. Here, now, you can't blame me for that. I don't. But the world does. And when history is written... I won't stand for it. You hear? I won't. Besides, didn't I fix it to have Beckett canonized just two years after his death? That's an interesting interpretation of the fact. Oh, why don't you let the man rest in peace? Amen. Now to get back to these plans... Please, Father Hugh, not today. (coughs) Can't you you see I'm, I'm not well? Your Majesty is never well when the matter concerns spending the Crown's money. My patience is at an end, sire. I return to Grenoble tomorrow. No, 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 you can't do that. With him is a shrine of St. Thomas of Becket. You can't leave it without a prior father. What will the people think? They'll know why I've left. Well, if the plans have already been approved by Dom Basile, I don't think there's any reason why I should not approve them. There. Now, there are your plans, Father Hugh. That is not enough, sire. But you said... The order to the council, sire. The order to pay fair and just prices for the lands which your subjects must give up to make room for the charter house. You forget that I'm the king. I know what's best for my people. Very well, your majesty. No, 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 don't go. Father Hugh, I made a bargain. I'll stick to it. Of course, I could have ordered the land forfeited to the crown, passed a law or something... But my people know me for a just king. They shall know that I am a generous one as well. A soul of generosity, sire. You! You there! Sire! Father Hugh, where is he? Here, sire. Well, my good monk, I did not recognize you. You look like a carpenter. Those clothes hardly fit your standing. Your majesty has forgotten that Joseph, the foster father of Jesus, was a carpenter, and Christ himself followed that trade until he began his mission. (laughs) As usual, you managed to make me feel inadequate. You've neglected us, Father Hugh. It's nearly six months since you visited the palace. There is much to be done here, sire. And if we want to see you, we must come down here. (laughs) It's well that Selwood Forest is near to Witham. Your Majesty may change his mind about that, particularly after I have said what I have to say about your forest laws. Some other time, Father Hugh. Oh, by the way, Lord Ronald Westerly is with us. He's to be the new uh, prebendary of Selwood Forest. No, Your Majesty, he is not. Huh? What's this now? I know Ronald well. He's then a Then you man. know him to be a wealthy man. The income of the prebendary of Selwood Forest is enough to keep a large family comfortable. What's that got to do with the matter? Lord Ronald is one of my courtiers. These places are to be conferred on clerks, 
Not on courtiers, Your Majesty. But I promised it to Ronald as a reward. The king has means of rewarding his own servants without burdening the community with them. Fine way to greet your king. I'd expected a warmer welcome. Witham Priory is open to king and beggar alike, sire, and all are welcome here. The house of God knows no distinction. That's not what I meant, and you know it. Yes, sire, I know it. But the time has come to put an end to the king's iniquitous forest laws. There is nothing wrong with the forest laws, Father Hugh. If you insist that the prebend go to one of your laborers, all right, let it go. These laws keep large districts of the country under the arbitrary jurisdiction of the forest courts. Do you dare attack the court? I'm attacking the vicious laws which force the oppressed poor who live in these districts to pay exorbitant exactions for the pleasure of those such as the king himself who alone are permitted to hunt in the forest. Father, you, you don't understand these things. After all, you're a foreigner. Who can see all the more clearly, sire? Because I have not spent a lifetime in obeisance to a monarch who takes all and gives nothing. In return. Those are harsh words, Father Hugh. Not harsh enough, King Henry. What do you expect me to do? I can't act without the council. The council is the king's pawn. And it is the king himself who benefits by the money appropriated from the afflicted, exorbitant tribute paid for the mere fact of living, sire. I'll see about it when I return to the Woodstock. Now I'm on holiday. There is no holiday from poverty, sire. But I can't change the forest laws, Father Hugh. The council will do exactly as King Henry instructs them to do. I'll say this. You have my word to, to look into the matter when I return to Woodstock. I accept that, sire. There is still some months of work to be done here at Witham. Is that a threat, Father Hugh? I don't understand, sir. You know how I feel about Witham. If you leave when the charter house is finished, if you go back to La Grande Chartreuse, who will become prior of the Saint Shrine? That is a matter for your majesty and his council to decide. This time you have gone too far. How dare you refuse the bishopric of Lincoln to which you were elected unanimously? Unanimously, sire. The Holy Father himself gave permission for the election of a bishop to the See of Lincoln. A free election, sire. Not a mandate from King Henry II. I think you don't want to be... I will be whatever it is God's will that I be. But you, sire, are not God's instrument. Father Hugh, you were duly elected. Since your majesty dictated the results when you called the election, could it have been otherwise? But we've got to have a bishop of Lincoln. And we shall have one. But he will be the choice of free men acting according to their free will and conscience and chosen according to their best judgment. A free election, sire, with secret ballot. Not one held in the king's private chapel by order of the king. You don't want to be bishop. This is a subterfuge, a trick to ensure your return to Grenoble. As it is a trick on your majesty's part to keep me in England? To chain me to you with bonds stronger than iron? To ensure that Witham has at least one friend at court? And that is why I've come back to Le Grand Chartreuse, Father Abbott. Oh, tell me what to do. I need your advice, your instructions. Well, I can understand your refusal to accept the bishopric after that first mockery of an election, Father Hugh. 
But this second election, you say it was held at Lincoln and without the king's jurisdiction? That's right. And you were legally elected uh, unanimously? Yes, Reverend Father, but I fear... Go on, my son. What do you fear? I don't know, really. There's a feeling that King Henry hopes to make me impotent to fight against the injustice, the oppressive laws. As a bishop, you will be in a stronger position to fight than as a priest, my son. He has already set the date and place of my consecration at Westminster Abbey. You tell me he is a superstitious man. It may be that Henry hopes to wash the blood of St. Thomas off the altar steps with the holy oils of consecration. But I don't want to be bishop. Hugh, do you remember what you said to me the first time you came to La Grande Chartreuse? You were a boy then. A boy who thought he had a vocation because the mountaintops impressed you. I remember, Dambasil. My heart was broken when you sent me back to the Augustinians to wait until I could be sure. Ah, these things are externals, my son. They are not reasons for rejecting the hand of God and turning away from your duty. Thank you, Father Abbott. I have been lying to myself. I wonder if Jesus, the man, hesitated, had fears and doubts when he left his quiet, peaceful carpenter shop to awaken the world. Probably. He was human as well as divine. When are you returning to England? With your permission, as soon as possible. Will you give me your blessing, Don Basil? Kneel, my son. Benedicate omnipotens Deus, Patret Filius et Spiritus Sanctus. It is June in the year 1189. Eleven years since Hugh, the simple monk, left La Grande Chartreuse to build the first Carthusian charter house in England. And eight years since Hugh, Bishop of Lincoln, was enthroned in Lincoln Cathedral. Each year, Bishop Hugh returns to Witham for his retreat. And it is as he prepares to leave for Lincoln that a lone horseman rides up to the priory. King Henry, alone. Sire, where is your escort? I wanted to see you alone, Bishop Hugh. I... Your Grace, I need help desperately. Come this way, Henry. We'll be undisturbed here. Now tell me what troubles you. King Louis of France has instigated Richard to start a new war against me. Don't blame Louis. Had you been true to your marriage vows, Queen Eleanor would not have been the cause of turning your sons against you in the first place. Oh, but that's over. When Henry was killed fighting Richard... You, you don't know Richard. He, he's hard. He's always resented Henry. Resented the fact that his brother was older and the heir apparent to the throne. And now John, the youngest... And always your favorite, Henry... Surely you must realize your favoritism did not make for harmony between the brothers. I'm being well paid for it, Your Grace. John is trying to raise a rebellion here in England against me. And Richard, as the heir apparent... It's not a pretty picture, sire. I could fight for England, but not against my own sons. What do you want me to do, Henry? Go to France. See Richard. Tell him... 
beg him. I want no war with my son. And if I dissuade Richard from this madness, what about John? Uh, the commons will stand behind me, but the thought that John has turned against me, it's more than I can bear. I know. God was good to me in England the day he sent you to us. Perhaps I should say the day I sent to Grenoble to ask for you. Once you accused me of chaining you with bonds stronger than iron. Do you remember? Yes, I, I Those remember. chains have been my lifeline, Your Grace. And one day they can be England's salvation. One day? I don't understand, sir. Promise me that if anything happens to me, when Richard ascends the throne, promise you'll stand beside him and guide him as you have guided me until my son learns the responsibility of kingship. Promise you'll stand by my people, Your Grace. You have my promise, Henry. Thank God. Now, will you go to France and see Richard? I will, Henry. Your father is a sick man, Prince Richard. He needs you in England by his side. It won't be long before the reins of government will fall on your shoulders. I thank your grace. And now you have delivered my father's pitiful plea, you may return and say to King Henry that, for the moment, I have no plan to war with him. Then these rumors I have heard here in Normandy are true? That depends on what you've heard, your grace. It's been said that you've signed an agreement with Philip Augustus to join the Crusades to the Holy Land. Is that true? And what if it is? Your Highness, your place is in England. Is it, Bishop Hugh? You, a dignitary of the church, make that statement. <laughs> or is it that you haven't seen this poster? Look at it. The horses of infidels trampling the Holy Sepulchre. Conrad, the Marquis de Montferrat, has done a fine job, Prince Richard. If he has convinced you that such an army as you can raise would be effective against Saladin. Have you forgotten the four expeditions in the 60s which resulted in terrible losses to the Christians and taught the Saracens how to wage war against them? That was 20 years ago, Bishop Hugh. These are modern times and we have modern weapons. Since the world began. 20 years ago was ancient history. Until the end of time, today will be modern times. I've taken solemn vows to go to the rescue of the Christians and beleaguered Acre. Richard! Your Majesty, the king is dead. Long live King Richard. King Henry is dead. Long live the king, Your Majesty. Hugh, Bishop of Lincoln, assisted at the coronation of Richard I, King of England. And within a month knew that he had made a promise to King Henry II which was almost impossible to keep. I will not stand by and see a small group persecuted. If you gave this order, King Richard, it must be rescinded immediately. We need money. They have it. If a few are hurt in the getting of it from them, what difference? And you call yourself a Christian? You boast of going on a holy crusade while your people cry to heaven for a defender? What is it to you? Huh? It is something rare indeed to hear a bishop defending... The children of God, sire? Or have you forgotten that Christ died to save all men? What of your conscience, King Richard? Is it clear? Can you stand back and look at yourself without shame? 
I admit it is somewhat ruffled with anger at those who are hostile to my sovereignty. Your Majesty, your own people will suffer poverty, afflictions, oppression, for a foreign war not of their making. Your Majesty... Wait! Where are you going, Bishop Hugh? To Normandy, sire. No! Come back. If all the bishops in my realm were like you, life would be difficult indeed. Richard I called Coeur de Lyon, won a brilliant victory over the forces of Saladin at Arsouf, and later lifted the siege of Acre, saving thousands of Christians imprisoned there. But Richard's arrogance was offensive, and after his return to France from the Holy Land, he became embroiled in a war with the Viscount of Limoges, during which he was wounded in the shoulder. He was in the Chateau Gaillard at Les Antilles when Bishop Hugh of Lincoln returned to Normandy to take him to England. Richard, are you sleeping, sire? Welcome. I've Great. come to take you home, sire. I brought doctors. You come too late, my friend. My, my wound is already beyond healing. Lift me. Let me call the doctors. No, no, no. Too late for that. But not for extreme unction, your grace. Will you give me the last rites? Gladly, my son. Wait, wait, Bishop Hugh. John, my brother, will succeed to the throne. He's young, weak. Help him. I'll Guide do him. I'll do my best, sire. God bless England. And you, Bishop. In nomine Patris, et Filiae, et Spiritus Sancti. The king is dead. Long live the king. It is near the turn of the century now, and Hugh, Bishop of Lincoln, has once again assisted at the coronation of England's new king. And, once again, he realizes that he had made a promise to a dying man which it was almost impossible to keep. Your father called you a boy, and Richard called you weak. But you are evil as well, sire. The scandals at your court are a disgrace to the nation. Lies! All of it lies, Bishop Hugh. How can you believe these things? Six months ago, you were accepted by your nobles as a necessity. Today, you're detested by the people and despised by the nobility. You're all against me. Nobody understands me. I understand you, John, too well. But what is worse, your subjects also understand you. Bishop Hugh, I've come to you because there's no one else I can turn to. Tell me what to do. Help me. I'll do my best, sire, but if you've come because of Philip Augustus of France, then only God can help you, and England. But you can reason with him. He'll listen to you. If you speak to the French, they'll make peace. Your Majesty's judgment is warped by evil passions, and your excesses have weakened your will. I doubt any ruler would accept your signature to a treaty. However, I'll do what I can. Then you will go to Philip Augustus. Yes, King John. I'll go, but I go for England, not for England's king. 
Pugh, Bishop of Lincoln, has accomplished his mission and is returning to England. On the road, he is attacked by fever, which dulls his eyes, tightens his throat. Driver, to the old temple and hurry. To the old temple, the London residence of the Sea of Lincoln. It is late afternoon now, November 16th. 1200. Chains. Chains of iron. Give me peace, the serenity of the mountains. Give my England peace. Save her now in her hour of need. I can fight no longer. Loose my chains. Let me come home. Home, Lord. To thee, my God. St. Hugh of Lincoln, called the most upright of the English bishops and a foreigner, had become more English than the English. In two decades, he made indelible marks on the laws of the land, laws which freed the poor from oppression and made them understand that God created all men equal. listening to this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour, brought to you by the Franciscan Friars of the Atonement. For over 110 years, the Friars have devoted themselves to fulfilling St. Francis' prayer, to heal wounds, to unite what has fallen apart, and to bring home those who have lost their way. We work for Christian unity and interreligious understanding. We provide respite at our retreat center at Greymore for those in need of spiritual renewal. We staff parishes throughout the world, serve as chaplains for colleges, hospitals, and prisons. We care for the ill through hospice work, ministry to those with HIV AIDS. We also shelter the homeless and provide treatment and services for those suffering from alcoholism and drug addiction. If you would like to be included in our prayer list, participate in special St. Anthony Novenas, and or visit St. Anthony's Shrine, Graymore. Attend a retreat, learn more about our Ave Maria Hour productions, or simply make a donation to assist us in fulfilling St. Francis' prayer to help those in need. Please visit our website at atonementfriars.org or email me at avemaria at atonementfriars.org. You can write to me, Father Bob, Friars of the Atonement, Graymore. Post Office Box 300, Garrison, New York, 10524. And so, in closing, I ask for the blessing of God upon you and those you love. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may he look upon you with kindness and give you his peace. Amen.